So we, we must look at this before we go into this uh, message and let the Holy Spirit flow through me. Um, um, we must remember that the people who are around Jesus, right? The people who are around Jesus, they minister unto him. And they understood the, the, the custom and the way that uh, women used to dress in Jewish times. They were very modest. They had an idea that not being modest was looking for attention. They had a sober way of being. Jesus was around women who were not you know, provocative. However, whenever he saw like sinners and the adulterer, Adulterers, you know, like the woman who was caught in adultery. He says, where are those dying accusers? So we don't want to accuse people, right? We want them to come to salvation so that they can learn themselves what it looks like to be a woman of God or even a man of God. And he said, I don't, I don't condemn, you know, she says, where are the accusers that, you know, that were condemning you? He says, well, neither do I condemn you. Because technically all of them were all messed up. All of them deserve to die. All of them were sinful. Even some of them had a, they had a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. You know what I mean? He said, from such, turn away. <laughs> right? So they had an outward religious attitude. But they were not right in their hearts. So it was as if they were, as, 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 if, as, as if their outward appearance was nothing. God looks at the heart first. And then he can change everything. So he says, go and sin no more, right? But I say to go and sin no more. So this is the Christ speaking to her. So I'm pretty sure that the Lord visited her, right, through the Holy Ghost. Then we also see um, Mary, when she submitted, remember that sinner that, you know, poured oil on, on Jesus' feet? Oh boy, gotta go there real quick. Um, right, um, let's see. Luke 7. And look at this. Uh, verse 36 to... 38. I'll go to 39. It says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and an, an ointment, and anointed them with oint, with the ointment. So that's a good revelation that the anointing brings us before the Lord to submit everything. Amen. To be close to Him, uh, 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 to adore Jesus. Now, when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it. He spoke within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touch of him, for she is a sinner. And then he goes to tell her, tell him the, um, the, the, the parable about one who had more debt than the other. And he says, Which one 
um, uh, which one, which of them will love him most, right? One owed 500 pence and the other 50, right? This person who was a worse sinner per se, right? She was likely a harlot, right? From what we see. Um, because the way that the Pharisee saw saw her, um, he must have knew her her history or how she lived. And he says, "Wherefore I say unto ye, unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little." Right. So when people understand that they have been forgiven, and they begin contrite of heart, they begin to change. They begin to want to please God. But when someone is not contrite of heart in their walk with Christ, they're likely going to go back. Like they're going to profess Christ, but begin to look like the world. Right. But it's a change in character. He says, go and sin no more. So he told another man, he said, a man said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing happen to you. So in that time, women were modest. Jezebel and harlots were not they were provocative. They had an attire of an harlot. They were loud. Um, they were they were they were very subtle, right? Um, so you see, that's why when a woman of God becomes a woman of God, she's able to crucify that that beast character. That same thing with a man, right? They are able to crucify that evil in them to be provocative to get what they want um, right um, why the enemies after the men because men oftentimes reign and influence while you see in scripture women when they are like Jezebel or, or contrary to the will of God they become very uh, seductive and manipulative and they get their way. So we have to be careful that we don't use these, these ways to get our way. Right? So, amen. That came to my spirit. So look at the Jewish custom and how they dressed. It's for a reason because they believed in adorning themselves for their husband. They believed in having self-respect. They believed in, in modesty. Amen. So I, and the, what you're about to listen to, you're going to see all that. And uh, if you don't agree with anything, tell me what you don't agree with. But I'm using the scriptures and I'm speaking on the interpretation that the Lord has given me. You know, I'm open to to uh, see a better perspective on some of it, if there's any better perspective. But I believe most women of God that I have seen who were very, very, very um, they became very powerful women of God. I see some of them on YouTube as well. Um, they oftentimes go the route of no makeup, no wigs, and modesty. While I do see also some anointed women who are married to their husbands, they seem to still wear makeup you know, lightly and still wear... Um, still wear... Um, uh, you know, seem like they wear wigs still, but at the same time, it looked like they were modest from what I saw. 
in respect to their husband. But, you know, I, I would say there has to be a, um, we have to be careful there as well because it can influence people. And then people say, oh, you could just do whatever you want, you know, but I would say that we submit to God and we follow what the Word of God says and we follow, and just because, just because we're living in a time and age where everybody's doing something, we don't got to be like them. And just because we dress nice doesn't mean that we have to be condemning people, right? So we have to learn how to be submissive in our character and also in our, in our, in moderation in our clothing, whether we have meat, drink, or raiment, we have the Bible says be, be moderate, right? Um, so that's the balance right there. Women of God in old times were modest. Today we see fashion, we see Babylon. We don't have to go that route. We can literally crucify all of it, right? But people would disagree. Because, you know, they feel like they have to present themselves at the work and stuff like that. And I can agree in some extent, but when it becomes provocative, it's never okay, period, in Jesus' name. So the first key term and key warning is being provocative. When you cross that line, you begin to grieve the spirit. I believe that. Right? The Lord wants us to adorn ourselves unto him. Right? When we become provocative, that's when things begin to get, you know, dangerous. Yes, dangerous. It could cause someone to fall. It can cause you to compromise with that type of style now it doesn't mean like if you go up to somebody you preach the gospel you see someone who's you should be able to preach to a, pro, a person that's even like a prostitute and not condemn them you should be willing to show them the love of Jesus Christ and when they become born again they begin to learn the ways of modesty but it's different when you enter the kingdom you are living on the earth as if you're in the kingdom so it'll it's, it makes sense to me according to scripture that we don't become, let these things become idolatry, right? So there is a, there is a balance here. The term provocative, attire of a harlot, right? Jezebel painted her face to provoke, right? To provoke. She had her way to entice. So we have to be careful. That's all I'm saying. It is not to bash people and, and, and destroy their life when they're not even saved. That doesn't make any sense. But to preach the truth of women should be modest and women should wait to marriage and women should not practice uh, fornication, masturbation, pornography, and you know going to clubs and doing things like that. Because that is the world. And if you are friends with the world, you're an enemy, with, you're an enemy of God. I'm not going to compromise anything for anybody anymore. I'm going to speak the truth of God. But when I'm going to use balance. I'm going to be meek. Because we were, I was once someone who was provocative myself. Right? So, this is serious. It's very serious. Because the flesh wants to be seen. 
So we need to be honest with God. Modest apparel is in scripture, it's biblical. Holiness, fear of God, biblical. Glorifying God in body and spirit, biblical. Dressing as an attire is something that the scripture is against. It tells you to change your ways. It tells you to repent, right? Committing fornication, adultery, these things tells you to repent. These things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Even covetousness, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So we need to be very careful now. And we need to look at these things. Not to be lovers of ourselves more than lovers of God. Not to deny the power thereof. Not to have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. There's people who can actually dress nice and still deny the power. So you have to be careful. Right? It has to be, you have to be balanced. I strongly believe in what the book of Acts reveals to us and so on forth. That is showing Holy Ghost filled people, Holy Ghost filled men and women of God following Jesus under the influence and power of the anointing. The anointing will change you. The anointing will make you sober. The anointing will make you holy, righteous in the fear of God. And these things begin to develop and grow. Right? So we need to be very careful. There are women leaders who are leading churches and they dress provocative. And what happens? It becomes compromising. So there is a balance here. Right? Um, yes. So we do our best to be modest. We do our best to glorify Jesus. We do our best walk in the fear of God. We actually want to be in a state of the fear of God so that everything else can be pleasing to him. There's no confusion in this, really. Right? It is in scripture. It is clear that it shouldn't be about, uh, shouldn't be anything away from modesty. You begin to buy costly apparel and all these type of things. Wow. So, yes, these things need to be fixed in the church. Amen. So, again, if no one agrees with what I'm saying, pull out the word of God and show me where it's show me where it says that these things are to be uh, uh, not modest. Show me where that we should be doing things that are contrary to what is written. Show me in the scriptures and then confront me and I will. I will come with a conclusion and put it on this podcast. But if not, then the word of God speaks a, a godly influence because you, it's like a mother and children, a godly influence of those around you. Now, you know, some people like to wear pants. Is it provocative? That's what I'm saying. What is the motive behind these things? Modest apparel the scripture talks about. So shamefacedness, meaning you you are you are afraid to go outside, not in the way like in the fear of God. It's almost shameful to go out there and look provocative. That's what it means. Some people don't care. They wipe their face and say, Oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. So this is scripture. We're, t- we're talking scripture. So test what I'm saying in Jesus' name. Thank you.
uh, first we see that it says, um, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For, for all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We have to be careful with coveting and insecurities because the lust of our flesh will want to please men and not God. When God is looking at the heart, remember that. He says the pride of life. The pride of life begins in the heart. Because of pride, people don't submit to the ways of God. And they begin to go after things that they lust after. You see that? It all works together. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's evil. So the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. What you see, you will covet after if you begin to lust after. And, and the flesh has desires that you used to do that it tries to bring it back. You have to crucify the flesh and the affections thereof. And the pride of life, you have to humble yourself first so that every other outlet of the world will be cut off from among you. In Jesus' name. So let's speak about something here. Let's see what the Lord gives us about um, women and you know makeup, wigs and stuff like that. Okay, so let's go and look at Jezebel. And then we're going to look at Proverbs. Okay, so notice her provo provocative attitude. She was so rebellious that um, this was her... Uh, way of doing things first of all she was very ag aggressive and manipulating her intents were very um, seducing she was able to persuade Ahab to do things she used Ahab like a puppet so you see that that spirit will follow anybody who is not after the anointing if you're not after the anointing, there's no way you're going to end up as a holy and chaste virgin. Right? 2 Kings 9.30 And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. And she painted her face and tired, and tired her head and looked out the window. Looked out at a window. So she put on a lot of makeup to be seen. Right? A lot of a lot of what today, if you look at people today, let's give you a, a, a example. You can look at it in a, you can look at it in um, in a lot of things today, like um, Jezebel, like the Bible speaks about um, uh, about head coverings, like because of the angels. There was a, I think a man of God was speaking about like uh, how a person, when she began to become modest, that spirit began to leave her alone. So that's something to think about. When you are uh, living a modest life, both spiritually and physically, because it's all about the heart. If your heart is, think about this for a minute. If you are about to get married, you want to please the person you're marrying, right? The Jewish culture believed that that you should be set apart for the husband. Notice how we are set apart for Jesus Christ. So, what what is your motive in what is people's motives in 
the way they dress and the way that they do things to start from the heart. God looks at the heart, not at the outward appearance, but sometimes the outward appearance can show what's in the heart. If a person comes outside with little booty shorts and a lot of makeup and a lot of all this stuff, they're looking for attention. They're looking for attention. Look at this. Let's look at um, Proverbs now. Now look at Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7 says this. Let me see real quick. He says... Look at this. Look at what he says about a a woman as a harlot. Uh, basically, he's giving wisdom and warning him, warning him of a, warning him of a woman who is a whore. This is the Bible, and he says, "And behold, there met him a woman with the tire of an harlot." Basically, prostitutes, they dress up to be seen to, to provoke men. Men who are, you know, maybe they're divorced. Maybe they, you know, their wife is not giving them anything. And they, uh, they, 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 they can't contain themselves. So they go out and get a harlot. In New York Times, let's look at how they look. See a picture. New York City prostitution in Times Square. Look at how they dress. Yes. This is. They dress like a lot of women today. They had uh, they had a wig. They had makeup on. They looked like they were drugged up. They, they had like small skirts on. They had like fancy clothes. They wait on the corners. And you could just tell that they are who they are. Look at them. Heels, small little skirt. Right? To be seen of men. What I'm seeing this this is times this is Times Square. This is this is this is how the whores dress. They they would literally wait on the corner and they have everything is everything is revealing. Right? So the Bible says, But I say unto you that whosoever look at a woman to lust after her have committed adultery already in his heart. So if you provoke a man to lust after you, I mean there's some people who have a body shape. That they can't hide, even when they are under modest clothing. But to, the fact that you want to be modest shows that you're actually doing your best to please God. You want to save the way you look for your husband, because it's technically to the world you're not you, you're not you're not there to please the world. You're there to please your husband. So in secret, you are vulnerable with your husband. You're vulnerable with your you know, the person that you're with. 
right? So a woman should not dress provocative. This is evident. A woman should not dress provocative. Now we see Times Square they used to have a lot of uh, revealing everywhere. From, from the pictures I'm seeing right now, they will wait on they will wait on the corner and dress provocative. They'll hide purposely, and that's how they'll know where to find the uh, the whore. That's what, they, that's what the Bible calls them a whore. So they will have uh, heels and skirt and makeup, right? Because think about this. Now I don't know about a little bit of makeup, you know, to make yourself look um, uh, presentable. You know, I don't think there's nothing wrong with looking presentable. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. But let's go and look about what we just read, right? He says the first thing we see. She was uh, dressed like a whore. Subtle. Now let's look at this. Subtle heart. The word subtle means this. Um, she was cunning. She was a cunning person, a, a subtle person. Right? She was deceitful. So, for example, I was in that community, so I know exactly how it looks. They would um, seduce you to to try to get something from you, and they would. Uh, so this is this is the characteristic of the serpent, Nakash. The woman was never like this. She was a helper. However, God uses that which was used for evil, for good. The serpent is portrayed as the deceptive creature or trickster who promotes as good what God has forbidden and shows particular cunning in his deception. So the, 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 the serpent was subtle and the woman became subtle. Remember, you, you, can, you can see it even in the in the character of Sarah, even though she had some character flaw, she they were they were a, an example for the rest of the nation. She was she called Abraham Lord, right? Obviously, her advice, you know, she you know, Abraham. God spoke to Abraham. God didn't speak to Sarah. God spoke mainly to Abraham, right? He spoke to the man. So notice how Abraham was a was a was a friend of God. So there's there's a revelation hiding there about how he wanted his relationship with Adam. And what happened when Abraham listened to Sarah, when she was absolutely wrong, when she went aside from the promise. This is why the woman needs to know the will of God and stop trying to do things in her own strength. She needs to say, Lord, dress me. Lord, shall I wear a wig? Lord, shall I wear these clothes? Lord, dress me, Lord God. Adorn me. Honestly, because the more natural you are unto God, the better. 
because they're seducing spirits that will try to and and they will try to make you look a certain way. So the Holy Spirit will make you look a certain way, but demons will make you look a certain way. Yes, it's true. I know how it is. Even as a man, you can do the same thing. I used to wear small shorts and I had a I was a bodybuilder. I used to wear tank tops to be seen. Even to show certain body parts so that people can see me. To attract them. Because what you see gives information. And then we all have a spirit. So if our spirit is not right, we can literally stand in a train, show up body parts, and we can become an idol. You see that? Because I had muscles, I became as an idol. People were, people were drawn to me. So you can dress yourself up and people can become drawn to you. So modesty, in a sense, people today are not interested in modesty so much. They might, they might, some men might bother, but modesty is a, is a veil from the treasure, if you get what I mean. The Bible says these, these two things are more precious than rubies. A virtuous woman, which is extremely hard to find. If you look at Proverbs 31, and of course throughout scripture, a virtuous woman is more precious than rubies. Solomon knew what he was speaking about because he was he was seduced by women who went with other gods and it caused him to fall. Same thing happened to, to Samson. A virtuous woman, a woman that will not do you wrong, a woman whose strength and honor is full of strength and honor, whose, whose mouth is law of, law of kindness, who is modest, who, who works hard, who doesn't care so much about beauty, she knows that beauty and favor is deceitful because if I trust only in favor, even though favor can be from God, if I, if I rely on all these other things, even if God favors me and I don't fear him, everything means nothing because then I can kind of want God for his stuff and not want God for the things that, that he has for me. So may the revelation of Christ be here and anoint this message, O oh God, in Jesus' name. It's not to be religious. You can overdo it. They, they, you have to wear white. You have to wear a hat. You have to wear, You have to be balanced here. You are modest because you love Jesus Christ. But the Bible says, let's go look there. Why, why beauty? Beauty is vain, the Bible says. Beauty is vain. However, beauty, beauty can also be, can get you places. Esther was likely uh, very beautiful, right? But she was also seemingly meek. She had no parents. She was with Mordecai. No, she must have just been doing, you know, what she, what she, you know, she wasn't like the rest of the nations. And she was called, consecrated, and she became queen. And she, she adored the king. She was weeping on, on her feet before him. She wasn't just making it up. She was really crying for her people. And she was dressed in royal apparel. That's, that's key right there. Royal apparel. Dressed like you're in the kingdom. That's all I have to say. In the kingdom of God, what do you have in the kingdom of God? How did they... They, they, had, they had fragrance oils. They had essential oils. Right? They had um, dresses that covered their bodies for their husbands. Right? Let's look at what. So look, Proverbs 31 and 30. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. 
But a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Right? Now let's look a little bit of that word. Look at this commentary. Outward graces do not last. Praise that will be real and enduring is for those only who fear the Lord. Out of regard for him, perform the duties of life as the virtuous woman here described. The whole duty of man is to fear God. Right? Beauty is vain because Satan was, before he fell, was Lucifer. He was the most beautiful thing you can probably ever look at. Right? So he used beauty, in a sense, to deceive man. He used luxury, things that... He made something that was not noticed seem to be noticed. He used beauty to deceive men. And then at the same time, he used his beautiful wife, Eve, to approach him with something that was enticing. He, he, she enticed him, and she took on the nature. Look at this. She took on the nature of the beast. She became subtle at heart. She became like the serpent. She was seduced. You think you didn't think her spirit changed? Indeed, she changed. She became like him. She was influenced by another creature that wasn't God. She was supposed to be influenced by her husband. She was supposed to be influenced by, by the Lord. She's supposed to remain in her role. Right? What does the Holy Ghost do for us? He helps us. He helps us. We get an idea. He leads us. He helps us. He gives us advice. He doesn't speak. You know, obviously, he doesn't force us to do anything. But you see, in, in, in I've heard of marriages today. They, a man, a man of God, that almost fell, and the woman of God came, and she was genuinely in love with Jesus Christ, and she helped him to get back on track, told him the truth. Didn't didn't make didn't make herself to be higher than him, but gave him the counsel, gave him the word. To make sure that he was back in the order that he needed to go back in. You see that? Because she knew her place. So she had to be strong in that moment to make sure that he becomes back. She becomes the, the head of the family. And from that day, the man grew to be strong. And I always hear certain stories like that. So the woman is supposed to be in that position. She's not supposed to be in any way provocative and seducing him to do what she wants to stay away from the will of God. The will of God is the key to everything. You get that through intimacy. So that's why it's important that the person becomes intimate with God before they do anything. Intimacy is the key to everything. Even if I know the Bible, the word of God, which is great, I need to know the word of God. God may say something to do something and that has to be done and final. And he will confirm it in his word. So his word is higher than the words of men. Right? Right? We have to be careful with the spirit of compromise, meaning that, oh, this is okay when it's actually not. Right? The reason why people are not modest is because the lack of the fear of God. Right? But if we have modest clothing, now look, let's be very careful now. The Bible says that the woman that fears the Lord shall be praised. Now let's go to Proverbs. Um, hold on. Let's go to um, 2 Timothy 3. Six. Uh, is, let's see. Let's see. Well, I don't know about that scripture. Let's look at that scripture. 
name of Jesus. Well, 2 Timothy 3, 5. Having a form of godliness, right? But denying its but not but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So there are people who dress religious. The Jehovah Witness, they are more modest than a lot of the church, but yet they deny the power. You go and talk to them, they look like they're dead. They look spiritually dead because they don't have the authentic Jesus Christ. So modesty, it's a good thing. But to be modest to the point that you deny the power, that's a, that's bad. That's that's my opinion. If you deny the power, deny the anointing, but live outwardly to cover yourself, it's like you're dead while you're living. <laughs> you want to please God. You want the anointing. That's the key. The anointing, the anointing, the anointing. We want to desire to please God every day, not just one day a week. We want to desire to, to be filled every day if we possibly can. We want to desire to pray to him every day. We want to spend time with him every day. Because we're, it's, it's, he uses marriage with Christ as the example. Right? So, there it is. So, the question of can women wear makeup and clothes as well? A, man, a woman shouldn't dress like a man. It's in Leviticus. Let's look at it. Leviticus. Yes. Deuteronomy 22 and 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Do you see this? Do you see this? So the head covering is not. So in that in that age they used to wear head coverings. Now, should they wear head coverings today? Well, the head covering is a, is a symbol of submission, humility, right? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a symbol of meekness. Because look at, look, look at women today. A lot, just their hair alone can seduce. <laughs> They're people who are beautiful. They're gifted to be beautiful. And sometimes beauty can help you to get into places. There are people who have really good jobs because of the how they look. So beauty can be a a it can be beneficial to to some matters. However, favor as well can be a, a door opener. But to rely on that, those are graces from God. But if you don't fear the Lord, everything is vain. So look at this. Uh, because think about how, how much time it takes for people to do makeup. I mean, yes, make yourself look presentable. But how much time does it, does it take people to do makeup? You have to be careful with the term called narcissism. When you spend three hours in the mirror, 
that's ridiculous. That's what the world does. I remember being with people who would take an hour, make me late and all that stuff. I ain't saying just, be, you know, take me to go and do hair every week, all that stuff, you know. It, you have to be balanced, right? Now, we have to be careful because where's the hair coming from when we wear it? Some hair comes from, some hair comes from India. Be careful now. So, we will go, um, let's go to, yeah, Let's see. Let's see where we go here. Amen. So submission is what? Submission is the place before the, the woman of God. From what I'm getting from the Holy Spirit. Um, Look at 1 Corinthians eleven thirteen. Judging yourselves, it is is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Paul's point of view was, and that in in the Corinthian church, I remember reading, there was a lot of harlots around. So you see, now we are around a lot of harlots today. There are people; they may not think that they're harlots, but they sleep around a lot. They may not even sell their body, but they're fornicating a lot. They sleep around a lot. Anybody they get a chance to. And they dress provocative. They sell their body for free. Let's be honest now. Let's be real honest with the scriptures. Come on. Right? Look at Luke 7.38. And stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head. And kissed his feet. And anointed them with the ointment. So you see, there's this, this power of submission in Scripture with women. Oh, man. There's this power that they... Submission is their place. Submission. Now, it's not submission when you become like a, like a slave and being whipped. It's, sub, it's willful submission. It's willful a support system to see people become who they need to become to expand what people are it's help hospitality right intercession childbearing right uh, uh we need women today that are that that are crying out looking to see churches become way who they need to become interceding right Giving the word of the Lord. There are women who actually prophesy. If they are able to prophesy and they have an opportunity, these women can be used powerfully. Now, she is not to be above the man, according to scripture. Right? Because the woman is what? Who, who fell into the transgression. So, if, you know, once Satan sees a woman in authority, he's going to use the same tactic that he used. He's going to use manipulation. He's going to try to use manipulation. And she's going to become similar. She's going to try to act like a man. A lot of women you see, you see that 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 uh, that type of, you know, even though there's women of God, God used in revivals powerfully, 
They know their place. They know their place. Right? Catherine Coleman and, and many others who had healing gifts. You know? And they preached so much about the Holy Ghost. They preached so much about submitting and being consecrated to the Lord. And they preached this type of message. Now, how did they dress? Let's look at the Jewish woman. They will wear long pants or long skirts and dresses as well, clothing that covers the arms to avoid to avoid unwanted attention. Right? So we see the same dress code in a lot of places today. Wow. If you honestly look at how they dress, it's actually very beautiful. They looked it like they were from the kingdom. Um, so the Muslims, similar to the, the how the Jewish would dress. Wow, this is actually very amazing. I, I, I never saw it like this. I mean, people want to wear jeans and all that stuff. You know, we I, you can't condemn them. But I believe that we should glorify God in our body and our spirit because we are no longer our own. And it's very simple to provoke someone. But I'm looking at how they dress. It's actually very, very beautiful. Like, it's beautiful. Like, it's, it's our... You can see. You can feel it. Like, you can feel something comes off somebody when you stand next to them. It's spiritual. It, it, there's... Information. I remember when I was dry fasting, I saw in the spirit, it was so powerful. It was so powerful. I was looking at the walls and God was, it looked like I was in the matrix and everything was speaking to me, describing information to me. My God. I looked at, the, at, at a man and I, I was able to see why he, like, it was like if God was showing me his intentions of why he, came to do at the restaurant and his intentions of wearing clothes it was so crazy it was actually scary and i was actually able to see why women dress provocative i was able to see it actually this there's information that comes out from that if she wearing little little shorts and you can see everything even her her parts there's something wrong she's telling everyone it's okay to look at me I am not ashamed. Right? Look at what it says, the Bible says. A virtuous woman has a lot of, a lot of, um, let me see. Look at this. Proverbs 30 and 20. It says, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. That is the spirit of Jezebel. Jezebel is very provocative. I remember in my, even in my old, like when I was a fighter, I noticed that a lot of my life reflected my Christian life. I would go and prepare for fights, prepare 
prepare for the gym, and all the time, always the devil would send someone to distract me. He would send someone, and they would try to corner me and seduce me. And I noticed this even in Christ that this same thing tries to happen. And the worldly people try to seduce. And I noticed it. And I caught on to it. Like even in whenever you do something with all your heart, the devil knows how to send distractions. Samson was sent Delilah. Oh man, you think those you think these demons are joking around? They sent Delilah. What makes you think that if you're an anointed woman of God that has a call to intercede for nations and cities and churches and you have a powerful calling to raise a woman of God, woman or morning woman, right? You might even be a prophetess before the Lord to prophesy and to do mighty, mighty works even, even, even while you're in a, uh, uh, have a family. There's some powerful women of God out there and they get, they fear the Lord. They are modest, Right? When a woman is not modest, she makes a bad example for a woman of God. Right? If you go into a church and see people, now there's a balance because some people are still growing. So you have to be patient with them and pray for them and buy them, buy them modest clothing. Love on them first. Because they have to be taught. Right? So if you are going to be um, around if you're, if you're, you know, there'd be a woman pastor dressing half naked now, and that, that's your, that's your mentor. There's something wrong there. She needs to, she needs to go. She needs to go humble herself under authority, according to what I see in scripture. All right. Unless she has that moment to prophesy and, she, and God has a gift that she, he wants her to use. Maybe write a book. Maybe there's so much women can do. They got gifts of healing. They got prophesying. You know, they raise up other women of God. They are, they can watch the children in the church. They, they can evangelize. They can go out with the men of God to evangelize. They can pray for people, right? They can even cry out for revival. There is so much they can do. It's not like you're just, you know, some of these churches, they are super religious. Got them, they got them quiet to the point that even if God told them to obey and do something, they won't do it. If God raises up a woman of God to say something, he, she gonna say it. It's not to have authority. She has to know her place with God, according to what I see in Scripture. Right? So we go to Ephesians 5 as well. Right? So... Let's see. So I was looking at the woman's dress like, wow, it communicates to me that she doesn't want to be seen of men. It communicates to me like I'm just I'm just wow. Like, look at this. Wow. This is beautiful. It's not it's not it's not it's not it's not sexual. It's not provocative because even right now, I, me in the spirit, if I look at a woman right now who was lustful, like, no, I'm, I'm not interested in it. But you can feel it trying to entice the flesh. Right? You have to have respect for yourself. Who, like you have to have respect for yourself. Even me. I have tattoos and stuff like that. 
I would like to wear more long sleeve shirts. Even a little bit of my chest might fit someone's uh, interest. They might say, whoa, he used to work out. You know how it is. I Come on now. A woman once told me, you don't know what's going on with a, in a woman's mind. I said, indeed. Now I know what Holy Ghost tell me. <laughs> like, think about what a saint is. It's someone who's set apart. Someone who's set apart from the world. It is someone who's set apart from the world. You're set apart to be made holy. Right? So let's look at what Paul said about dressing up. So we know that people have a form of godliness, but in really they are not of Christ. They deny the power. Paul said, stay away from them. They're in the flesh. They act like they're from Christ. But they are not, they're, they're denying the power in their life. They don't want to spend time with God. They don't want an anointing. You want to be like Esther? You got to be consecrated unto God. You want to be like Esther? You have to be holy. You want to be like Esther? You got to fear the Lord. You want to be like Esther? You have to pay the price when, they, when God calls you to pay the price. You have to make that choice for your people, for your family, for your nations. You want to be like Esther? Put on Christ. Put on the new man. So the old man is not like the new man. You are something that God created that never existed before. You are your own unique creation. You are your own unique body part, but yet you are of Christ. You, are, you have become something that the world has never seen. They might see you in your outward appearance, but there's something new about you. They see light in you. Hmm? Right. So let's look at. Well, we got one Peter and then we got one Timothy. So let's go to one, uh, one Timothy two. So one Timothy, chapter two. Verse eight. Uh, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Look at this. Everywhere, every opportunity you get, that means. If I go into a church, I pray, Lord God, protect this place in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, that you will protect the men of God in the, in the name of Jesus, Holy Father. I go to my home. Father God, bless your holy name. And Lord, help me to be intimate with you. Hallelujah. I go to the park and I don't got nothing to say. Like I, I do, and I know people say they pray in their mind. I, I honestly Yes, the Lord does talk to me in my mind, so I can I communicate with him. So that's prayer. Prayer is not just me saying, Lord Jesus. No, he's communicating with me. And in fact, I listen to God when I'm not speaking. But when I'm speaking, I'm speaking to God because words have power in the spirit. Right? If somebody's cursing on you, right, and you want to cool them down, you don't just be like, your mind. You speak. You say something to cool them down. Listen, I love you. I don't want to trouble with you. And then they go, they start communicating. They start, when you start showing that you're not angry and wrathful, they'll be calm. And you get an opportunity to pray for them. So the next time you see them, you are more effective in ministering to them. 
They might be upset at you because you preached the gospel, for example. This is just, I'm just giving an analogy. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and without and doubting. So you see, this goes for all of us. Holy hands. He says, clean to your hands, your sinners. Draw nigh to me and I will, and I will draw nigh to you. Clean to your hands, your sinners. And purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So we sin oftentimes with our hands. <laughs> right? We sin a lot with our hands. We buy clothes. We touch and buy the food and transactions. Yes, sin does begin at the heart, so, right? But once it touches your heart, then it goes to your hand. Think about it. <laughs> Think about this. Whatever goes into the heart will go into the body, and the body will act on it. Whatever repeats in the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind. I just saw a woman with burgundy hair in the spirit. Who has burgundy hair? You see that. So you see that the Jezebel spirit does not want this being talked about. I just saw a woman with burgundy hair. I don't know why. I don't know why. With makeup on. Why would you dye your hair? Think about that. Why? What's the motive behind dyeing your hair? <laughs> I, saw, I find it funny. It's called dyeing. It's called dyeing. You know it kills your hair? Is to turn the dying. The term dying is mean to to cause something to cease to live. And then another another term for die is to turn one material into another. So when we when we we are changing ourselves to look like something else, right? So if it be possible, essential oils, um, um, natural hair, yes. You are beautifully and wonderfully made, fearfully made, the Bible says. Right? So, adorn yourselves, but at the same time, present yourself unto God. When you submit to God, everything else begins to come to life. There are women, I see it all the time. They like... They, they, they have in, in Christ posting pictures of men in the world saying, oh, I want a man like this. And God is like, you want a man like this and you're in church. You and you, you, you are, I, are you sure I'm living in you? You think, you think, li listen to this, listen to the wisdom. Christ is in you. So where's the royal apparel? You want to, you want a man of God to say, she's not looking for attention from men. Oh, I want that one. This one is different. This one's a virtuous woman, more precious than rubies. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. So if she's wise and virtuous and fears the Lord, she's, she's not, not, not because she wants to seem like she does, not a form of godliness that's dangerous, but you know the power is working her. Like, hallelujah, wow, God is good. He's just flowing. Wow, wow, wow. That's a virtuous woman. Wise, virtuous, fears the Lord. No 
matter what comes her way, she is going to do what she can to provide and make sure this man of God is in line. No matter what, she is not going to leave God. She's going to submit herself unto God. No matter what, she's going to pray and travail as she was created to do. No matter what, she must develop this and be an example to other women of God. This, is, this prophecy in Proverbs 31 comes from Lemuel. Lemuel. King Lemuel. I forgot how to say his name. That was his mother prophesying, saying, Give not thy strength unto woman, nor unto thy ways to, that destroys kings. Because woman can destroy a man if she's not living according to her purpose in Christ. She could become the most deadly weapon and the man of God will never even see it. He will never see it. He will, he will pour because once he opens his heart to a woman, a man will value it like a king's treasure. Do you understand this? Speaking by the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Right? So once you become married... You are no longer your own. That's what Christ is saying about the temple of God. Man, this is good. This is good food. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Look what he says in verse, in verse uh, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3 and 4. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife have not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband have not power of his own body, but the wife. Right? He said, defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent, consent for a time, something that you agree on, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontency. Right? So she, her body is no longer her own. They should love each other as Christ loved them. And they should be willing to see them rejoice, joyful. Their intercourse and everything should be as a place of paradise. Because it's an, it's an expression of the love of God. But if they go with a, a time with, with consent, they are not... They have to do... It's also pray and fast that they will, they will come back to that place. Of, of, you know, because technically in the church, men sometimes leave their wives because their wives start acting like a, you know, or same thing. The men start changing. They start falling down, falling away. They stop loving each other. They stop giving over their bodies to one another. And that, that could be dangerous because Satan will say, well, your wife is not giving you any. Your wife is not doing this and this, right? That's why... That's why the reason why sometimes women want to dress differently to be seen of men is because men, they watch pornography. They watch all these harlots on, 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 on XXX websites and they look for women that look like those women. So the women try to become those type of women. They try to transition themselves to become something they're not. And also the spirits are trying to tell them you're not good enough. You're not good enough. So you have to wear a lot of makeup. You have to, you have to wear different Oh, you got to wear a red wig today? <laughs> Tomorrow you got to wear a yellow one? 
Holy Ghost. Oh, man. This lady knows the Holy Ghost. Oh, that burns. That burns. That burns. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's like the way I see it in the spirit. It's not laughing at anybody who does that, okay? We're not laughing at you. It's just like, <laughs> it's just crazy that Satan is ridiculous, bro. He's ridiculous. I find it funny that he called, right, whoa, I never saw that. After he talks about, we are, man. He talks about, before he talks about marriage, he talks about, look at this. He says, look at this. From 1 Corinthians 6. We're talking about the wig verse. The wig is a, a way of transitioning yourself to, to, to you know, to uh, present yourself a certain way. Whatever you put on today, whatever color you put on, is a presentation to men. So we have to be presenting to God first. And then when we present ourselves to God, then we can present ourselves to people Right? Because it's not to be seen of them, but we want to present us to the people. So I'm not going to wear a shirt that has stains on it. I'm not going to wear, you know, I'm not going to go outside with crust in my eyes. I'm not going to go outside without brushing my teeth. It's common sense. Right? I'm gonna, we're going to go there in a minute. We're going to see what the Lord gives us. This is the Lord. Right? Oh, 1 Corinthians 6, 15. He says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. No. Christ is living in me, so this body belongs to him. Yes, I'm able to communicate, but a lot of the things that God is doing for me as I am led by him. Right now, Christ is speaking to me and inspiring me to speak. Now, yes, I am in flesh, so there might be some things like me laughing that might be... (laughs) Because I'm looking at things in the spirit, trying to explain these things from the spirit. And it's like, how do you describe this? Anyways, Holy Ghost, let me not hinder you. Should I bring my physical body, my temple, and yoke it with a temple that has demons? Yoke it with a temple that's full of wickedness? These harlots were dressed a certain way. These harlots were harlots. They dress provocative to to become one flesh. This is how this is how Satan transfers demons by the way. When you influence others to dress a certain way, a spirit can be transferred. We have to be careful. And secondly, he also transfers spirits through adultery and fornication. That's that's dangerous cuz sex intercourse is supposed to be for marriage. We can see it in Genesis Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. This is, this is, she's my bones, my flesh. So she becomes, she becomes very, she becomes yoked to him. 
There shall, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. See that? They were not ashamed. They were confident before God. They were pleasing to God. They were naked, by the way. <laughs> they were naked. They had no clothes on. <laughs> they were naked, my friend. And yet they did not sin. But because of sin, we have to learn to not be provocative. Because men are weak in this generation. Women are become weak. They see a man and they are ready to tear him to pieces. A man sees a woman and they are ready to devour her. Come on now, be honest. So they become one flesh and they are not ashamed. So... In a sense, when a man and woman is alone in the house and they are naked, they should not be ashamed of each other, but confident. Their romance should be uh, beautiful. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, um, you know, shady or anything like that, because they're for they're for each other. God put them together for each other, so they shouldn't be hidden. They shouldn't be, you know what I mean? They should be for each other. Wow, it's so beautiful. They are to have intercourse. Intercourse is the most intimate place you could be with somebody. That's the most vulnerable place. That's why when you do outside of marriage, you are letting someone and all their emotions and feelings invade your life. That's why we have to pray that we God will break and heal us from soul ties. This is why we need to fast and pray. This is why we need to go through consecration, sanctification, because these things, what they did to us, cuts our heart, breaks us in pieces, tears us to pieces. And if we get married in that condition, we could end up bitter to our, you know, if we're, you know, say you got married, somebody got married to their husband, they could end up very bitter and treat him because, treat him wrong because they never dealt with that bitterness. They never went through sanctification. So now you see this in um, verse 16. What know you not that the, that he which is joined to an harlot is one body. For two, say if he shall be one flesh. You see that? So being one flesh has a lot of wisdom. Anyone you have intercourse with, you become as one flesh. That's why even as you dwell and get to know people, you can become foolish with fools. You can become wise with wise. You see that. And foolish usually is determined by people who reject wisdom, people who reject counsel, people who reject the Lord, most importantly, and don't listen to the ways of God. Foolish also is someone who is weary, who lacks devotion, who they become sluggish. Right. But then he says, but yeah, so it's a foolish thing to be with a harlot. It is a wise thing to wait until marriage. He said, if they cannot contain, let them marry Right? It is better to marry than to burn. Some people say burn with passion, but when I see that word burn, fornicators go to hell, the Bible says. And if you your heart is full of this your, your heart is full of deceit and watching pornography and looking at looking to, looking at men to, to be a look a certain way, or I mean if God blesses you with someone who who, who is beautiful, who looks good. And it actually is honorable unto God. Amen. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blessing from God. But even if the person didn't look 
very well, and it came from God, it's still a blessing from God. Right? So we need to ask God to direct people to be, you know, not to just go in any direction. Right? There are women who provoke. See, a picture just popped up on my Instagram of someone that was old, old, that was my trainer. She was an actual trainer. She was a fitness model. And she was provocative. You see that? She may think that she's a fitness model, but she's provocative. She's actually showing men everything. And there are some freaky people. Listen to me. There are some freaky people I met when I was in the community. I was in fitness modeling and homosexuality. Freaky. I'm talking about people who do they they the way they think. You would you you would think it never existed. They're disgusting. There are people who have disgusting minds. And if you're not modest, you know, they can try to think about how someone looks and all that stuff, but a lot of times because of modesty, it, it, it's not gonna last very long. He says in verse 16, What know ye not that he which is joined unto harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. Look at this. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So God is going to be jealous over you because you're his. If he has put his spirit in you, that means that you're going to be his bride. You have been called to be his bride. You're going through consecration and you're going to marry Christ. But he speaks in the term as if we are already one. He said, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. Look at this. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So... We are bought with a price, right? The same way the bride is bought with a price in Jewish community. You see? Marriage wasn't like the way they do it today. People will go to their parents and they pay the price for that woman. You see, wow. It was teaching us a lesson. Not literal money, but a paying the price. Meaning I value this woman and can I marry her? I value this woman. Right? And the families will agree with each other. They would, they would agree with each other to make that agreement. And it was, known, it, was, it was to be known that they would remain together for the rest of their life. Unless one was to die. To break that marriage covenant. Right? That's why marriage is extremely important to God. And that's why in the world, they say, to death do us part. They understand the concept. They may not understand it in a godly manner, but even God fights for them. There are people who get saved in that state, messed up marriage, and they get saved together. You see? To death do us part. Marriage covenant is, is it's supposed to be unto blood. Only death can break the marriage covenant. Per se. Now, there are other things that, that speak about being free from the marriage in 1 Corinthians 7. That's not the study I'm doing right now. But, ay, ay, ay. 
But here we see, um, right after he said that you're bought with a price, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, meaning your body now is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So whatever you adorn your body with is, remember that the Holy Ghost is living in you. So since you're bought with a price and you are not your own, you glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Okay? So let's see also what he says about... Um, Okay. Yes, if you look at the, we're speaking about the death. Right? It says the wife is bound to by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. So I don't think Paul contradicts himself. So I'm careful there. Nevertheless, um, concerning that topic itself, it just shows you what what I'm trying to explain is just as I'm not talking about other topics right now the simplicity of someone being married is extremely important that it takes death to break a covenant it takes death that's that's usually what breaks the covenant in the first place so you're in covenant with god right the only way that would be broken is as if you die towards god meaning that you don't want him anymore apostasy Right? Apostasy. Rejection from God. That, I mean, which is... Which is uh, usually with blasphemy or abomin abomination towards the Lord. So we, that, that's my point. And we, we're speaking in the Spirit. That's all I'm trying to do. May the grace of God that was on Paul be with me right now. <laughs> um, so look at this. He says... Um, look at this. In verse 34, there is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman care for the things of the Lord. Now look at this part. That she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married care for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So look at that. that I'm looking at this in the spirit. That she may please him in body and in spirit in body and in spirit so the same thing with with christ we want to be pleasing to him in body and in spirit even as the church should be pleasing to him in body and in spirit notice that he said that we are to glorify him in body and spirit notice how he said the the, the unmarried woman has more experience more opportunity to go in deeper in consecration unto the Lord without distraction in body and in spirit. So let me just finish this now. So it says, I we're going back to um 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. It says, Oh, sorry, verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and adopting, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and soberity, not with broided hair or gold or or pearls or costly array. But look at this, but which come which becometh woman professing godliness with good works. Professing godliness with good works. So her life is presentable 
to God. She she lives for God. She is professing godliness. So she declares that she, if she declares she's godly, this is what um, Paul is saying. The woman adorned themselves in modest apparel. Yes. So there is an adorning. You adorn themselves, right? Some people dress to be seen of man, but to adorn yourself in modest apparel. Because you are to be, you are to please God. Right? Shamefacedness means to be embarrassed of oneself. Meaning, if I had to say, put that in perspective. Meaning you don't want to, you don't want to attend, you don't want to have attention seeking. You don't want, you want to have godly character that cannot share this, uh, yes, attention-seeking and godly character cannot share the same space together. So it means showing modesty, shamefacedness. Let's look at another, another, another description here. Meaning that you, you are, you are almost. You're temperate and you you are chastity, honest, and moderation in all that you do, right? You're temperate in the way you dress. You're temperate in the way you do things, in the way you eat, in the way you drink, in the way you do things. This is a fruit of the spirit, by the way. So you have uh, you your outward appearance is according to your heart's desire unto the Lord. Shamefacedness, modern. Uh, modest apparel, shamefacedness. So you, 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 you're almost like, like afraid to go outside, to look anything contrary to what Paul is saying right now. Soberity. Let's look at that word. Uh, it seems to be. It says soberity is a condition. Uh, let's see. It's considered being sober. Someone who is sober. Look at the Bible definition, though. It means sober. To be considerate of others, right? Because when you're not sober, you're not considerate of others. Remember, the harlot is dressed as a harlot. The Bible says the harlot that sit on many waters will seduce men to drink the wine of Babylon, to be drunk and when people are drunk, what they do, they, 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 are, they don't know what they're doing. They're all over the place. They're sinful. They, 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 they become something that they're not. I've seen people drunk. They start speaking things that they were hiding. They start, they start doing things. They get angry. They, they look, you know, they sleep around. They do things that they shouldn't have done. It means to be intelligent, to have understanding and considerate. She is not yoking herself to impure conversation. One who guards their thoughts. One who thinks soberly. Right? She's modest. She's sober. With broided hair. Now, what does broided hair mean? Look at embroidered hair. Wow. 
Broided hair is ungodly hairdos or unnatural, un, unnaturalness created on the hair, motivated by the spirit of the world. Plating of hair refers to ungodly hairdos and styles used by some women. These include plating jewels and others, substances into the hair to give charming attraction. You see this? Jezebel presented herself in a certain way. Right? People are wasting, think about the expense of, 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 of expensive hair, 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 hairstyles. A man of God should be willing to, right? It's funny, right? You ever saw Medusa? I just, a picture just popped up about, about it when I looked at the picture, right? You look at Medusa, you turn into stone. Think about that, right? If you look at Medusa, you turn into stone. Think about the people who you tell to get to get to become to become a what you call it to become modest, and they start to attack you. Think about think about that for a minute. They don't want to. They don't want to change the way they they dress. They don't want to. They don't want to glorify God in their body and their spirit. Medusa. They turn men to stone. They kill men. They take the head. Come on now. So, let's see. I think Peter will give us the full revelation. Let's see, anything here? Wow. When you see people's natural, like this woman just pulled, had a picture up of her without, with makeup and without makeup. With makeup, she looks like, she looks provocative. She looks attractive. She doesn't even look like herself. But without makeup, she actually looks like, you know, she looks like a natural person, natural human being. You know, the, the flesh, it's the flesh. We're so used to seeing people who look like something that they're not. So we see them without makeup, we start, our flesh will actually call them ugly. Our flesh will start to make fun of them. That's crazy. But the thing that, you know, technically, that should be, it's not even, it's not even to laugh at, but it's like, whoa. Where people rather be, look like something that they're not. So it's something to look at. A religious spirit would overdo it, meaning that there's no teaching behind, there's no process of, of becoming modest, right? But in the fear of God, someone would begin to shift into the right ways before the Lord. Okay. So... Let's see. 
So we have to be careful with, um, you know, the Lord made us how he, how, how he made us. And there is a way to be presentable. All right. Wow. Broided hair. Wow. It's ungodly hairdos. Look at this. have to be very careful broided hair some people say it's braided hair you know it, it's provocative to be seen a certain way you know so we should pray to God and ask me Lord Jesus Christ dress me Lord, Lord Jesus Christ guide my guide guide the way I dress give me inspiration in Jesus name I pray the Holy Spirit give us inspiration even me as a man I can't be showing my muscles all the time just being honest, I should wear a long sleeve shirt, if possible. If possible. Right? And it says, or gold or pearls or costly array. Meaning, you know, I, 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 I got caught in that one time. I had these boots from Texas. They were nearly $300. I couldn't, you know, I really wanted them. Right? But then I realized that I was being carnal. I was just trying to be seen. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm myself in fighting it, right? But when I, 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 you know, I realized it, compared to the other shoes I have, 20, 40, 50 dollars, and they're still surviving, this boot is leather. It can break off any day, right? Or gold or pearls or costly array. So, adorn themselves. It's with modest apparel, to respect to others and also to respect to your husband and respect to Christ. Because because of the fall of man, people have lust in their spirit. People have lust in their, in their bodies. And they, they have grown a certain way. They haven't been raised up to know what is what. And if they don't have the Holy Spirit, they cannot contain their flesh. They will, they will, they will begin to think sexually and it can lead them into masturbation. It can lead them to pornography. It can lead them into impatience. It can lead them into sin. It can lead them to having like defiled thoughts, lusting in their hearts, right? Whereas when someone who's modest, even if the person is struggling with their flesh, it won't last very long because they see a woman as, as a virtue, a virtuous woman that, that doesn't want to, uh, you know, provoke men. And it says, with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. You see this? So these are things that are valuable. These are the things that are, that are, that are to be seen of people. They f it's to fashion oneself. But rather, fashion yourself with good character. Fashion yourself with modest apparel. Fashion yourself with godliness and with good works. Fashion yourself with holy hands. Fashion yourself with faith. Fashion yourself with fruit of the spirit. Fashion yourself with meekness. Fashion yourself with these type of things. Right? In the spirit. Right? The Bible also says, like, um, 
not to observe authority over the man. Right? And then let's go. She shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with severity. So she said, continue in faith, continue in love, continue in holiness unto God and soberness. The way she thinks, the way she dresses, soberness. This is not like some heavy burden. This is something that will grow and develop. This is something that will grow and develop. Right? So he says, which becometh woman professing godliness with good works. Costly array, meaning you're not going to sit there buying a $500 dress. You're not going to sit there buying $300 shoes and purses. You're not, you're, you're not there. You're not here to please men. Are you, are you, are you ashamed to go to, the, to the, the outlet where they sell used clothes if you had to, if you had no money? We have to get the world out of us because the world would teach us, okay, get some $100 pants and shoes. Don't be like the rest. They all go to the... They go to the donation store, right? Go where God tells you and pray that God will gift you with, with I pray right now that God will gift you with the inspiration and the, and the eyes to see what he wants you to look at. Remember, go to 1 Corinthians 3.18. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Let me, I don't know why I said that. I'll look at that verse too and see where, where that came from. But we with uh, one Corinthians three eighteen. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Spirit of the Lord puts us in a in a in a place where Christ is standing before us, in conforming us to the image of Christ. Now, for a woman, He's conforming us to the image of Christ. Yes, and how we should be towards Christ. Right. So a wise virgin would seek to be filled with the Spirit every day, would seek to please God every day. The minute they understand this concept, they begin to seek change, and the Spirit of God will conform, not us, our flesh. So fasting and prayer, not to be careless of yourself. No, no, no. You adorn yourself for your husband. You adorn yourself for your spouse, for Christ, with meekness, with modest apparel, right, for him. Look at how the Jewish people used to dress, right? There's a certain way you can dress now today that is, that is um, pleasing to God. If a man was to come over to your house to, to you know, a man and, a, and, and another person, and you dare wearing tights, no, you should go and get a dress, put it on, you know what I mean? If you have to cover your head, cover your head, Right? Be modest. Don't be like the world. It's people that have the world in them. They have to get the world out of them. And it's a process. Right? But if you're provoking people, God, that's going to resist the spirit. That's going to resist the spirit. Cussing and all that stuff is going to resist the spirit. People think otherwise, but if it's about the Holy Ghost, why would you argue with the Holy Ghost? Just saying. Right, we'll go from there. Um, One Peter. Let's see what the Lord's gonna do with this. One Peter three three, and it says, uh, verse three one. Likewise, ye wives, 
be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may be without the word, be won by the conversation of their wives. Likely, he's saying, by the conduct of your of the wives, you know, submit to you, be in subjection to your husband. That if any obey not the word, they also may be won, be without, and they also may with may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So, not only are you sub subjection to your husband, or even to Christ, right? Obviously, but if you are married to someone because of your conduct, because of your character, you can keep that man of God where he's supposed to be. That's what I'm getting from that. Uh, Matthew 18, 15. Um, cross-reference. Okay, no. So, let's see here. Um, okay. Jezebel was trying to win favor, painting her face to win the favor of Jehu, the newly anointed king. Notice that she tried to provoke the king, Jehu, to, to win favor, but she failed. She was eaten by dogs. Yes. Just bump into something. That was interesting. A woman, a woman was cre created good. So, ultimately, let's see. In Jesus' name, thank you, Holy Father, for your Holy Spirit and your counsel here. So, it doesn't seem to be. Let me just go here. All right. While, look at verse 2, 1 Peter. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating up, plating the hair, right? We just read about it, the braids and the provocative hairstyles. The hair and the provocating hairstyles. Sorry, I was away from the phone. So he said in verse 2, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. See that? In the fear of the Lord, she is to... Uh, plead and pray for the man of God whose adorning let it not be that or outward adorning see that of of plating up the hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel so it's not about what I wear and the fashion of gold and expensive hair and all that stuff but let it be the hidden man of the heart in which, in that which is not corruptible, 
So God wants a change of heart. Look at this. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, a submissive, a submissive spirit, a, a submissive spirit, a controlled, a sober spirit unto the will of God, a quiet spirit, right? A sound spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price, meaning that God sees you with great value when you don't want the world, but great value to him. He says to be a vessel of honor, something that could be used and cleaned and reused, something that could be used and not die not. He said if a woman lives in pleasure, she is dead while she liveth. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. They adorned themselves in modesty. They were holy. They were in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. So, Sarah went whenever Abraham went. She respected him. Yes, she had an issue at some point with telling him to go into Hagar, right? That's the woman of God has to be focused according to the promises and the will of God. Just, just to say, she obeyed Abraham, right? So the man of God should be, should be, uh, from what I'm reading in scripture, from this podcast, this devotion, that he should be taking heed of what God is saying and being able to lead, being able to lead the woman of God in the, in, into the will of God, into the promise. Hmm? Amen. So. And uh, I guess we could just read. Verse 7, too. Likewise, ye husband, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being hearers together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. See? So they have to be, they have to work together. Let's see what Ephesians have. In Ephesians, uh, verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. So even if you don't have a husband, it's, it's sort of like you're, you know, you kind of already are living unto Christ as you were married to him. So just don't don't be like, okay, I could dress however I want because I don't have a husband. No, no, no. It should be because you love Jesus, you put yourself, your flesh under subjection, and you let him conform you to the image of Christ. Like having eyeliner and big eyelashes, that's provocative. You know what I mean? If it's if it's like you know, you know what I mean? Like if it's to the point where you have to please people, right? There's a balance. There's a balance here. Because I know, I know people who actually are Christians, they work in makeup stores, you know, and they sell makeup. Um, and that's the job they have to provide for them. So it's a, it's a balance here. Do they fear the Lord? Are they dressing provocative? You know that 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 that's a very tough a tough one. I would uh I would say that I would never compromise to say that provocative dressing is okay. 
but I also pray that people would become conscious of what changes they need to make to glorify God and their husbands. Likewise, the husband to the wife. And it says, uh, um, yes, so for the husband is the head of the wife, even as the Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So you see, the, the love that Christ has for us is uh, in the pattern of the husband to his wife to sanctify and cleanse the church with the washing of the word, right? So we want also our, the, the, we want the wives to be holy and without blemish as well, right? And be examples unto them because Christ was holy. It says they have purified, um, they, that, they that have the hope in themselves, purify themselves even as he is pure, so, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever, ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So imagine you being one with Jesus Christ. You're one with him. He got, you got the Holy Ghost in you, right? You don't want to grieve the Holy Ghost. So you want to do things that please him, right? For this cause shall a man leave his father and his and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, see that? But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. So we are to reverence Christ. We are, we are the bride of Christ. We reverence Christ, right? So we want to be holy in body and spirit, without blemish, without wrinkle, we want to be washed by the word, meaning we have to renew our mind and not be conformed to the world. So the question of being, having makeup, Jezebel used makeup to provoke Jehu, right? And she failed. Jezebel was provocative. She was evil. She was manipulative. She had bad, evil intents. You know, some some jobs, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard, you know, but you have people, people dressed in provocative to make sales. You know, I eventually believe that God will get that person out of it. I believe that the saints that really, you know what I mean, in these last days when they have to forsake all, would find that opportunity to run from this stuff. But I'm not going to say <clears throat> provocative dressing is provocative dressing. You cause men to sin. If your butt showing and everything showing, it's not right in the sight of God. That's what I believe. According to the word of God, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Is it okay to have wig? Um, well, I would just be very careful. I don't, I don't think it's always, it's, it's a tough one. It shouldn't be the main focus, right? There are people who wear... Uh, you know, wigs because they have messed up, like their hair is, is like, they have messed, some, some have, you know, bad, bad hair, like it's like missing hair and stuff like that. So 
I've seen people, uh, they, uh, they have, uh, they have hair. Sorry, we rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. So they, no, we're not going to compromise. Wig, makeup, all these things, if they're using properly to provoke men, it is sin. It is sin. It, it, is, it is provocative and it causes people to sin. That's it. I'm not going to sit here and compromise. You saw the, the devil just literally tried to fight this message. Now, I'm not sure if, a, if a, a bit of makeup is okay. But I would prefer, if I had to say, um, oils and, and essential oils and things that are good for your skin will... You know, eating better, this will take care of your skin and take care of your body. Modest apparel, right? Unto the Lord and unto the husband, right? Same thing for the man, right? Does the man have long hair and earrings? Well, according, depending on God's calling in their life, some people, God would actually tell them on special occasions to grow out their hair and don't cut it at all. And on other occasions... The person should remain, uh, you know, presentable um, and not to be seen of men. There are, there are, there are pastors who, who show their stuff off, their arms and their, and their uh, bulge, you know what I mean? Like the men's stuff, that's, that's crazy. That right there will open up so much compromise in the church. That will open up compromise in the church. It can bring a worldly spirit. We have to be careful now. Makeup, I don't, I, 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 you know, if it's a little bit or none, but I, I, I believe that, no, I, I believe no, I believe no. A lot of the, it's so funny. Um, one, one woman told me that some makeup is actually from the, like the, the sea, from pearls, and she, and they were they were they were um, speaking about um, they were speaking about um, uh, the marine kingdom. Right, like you see, like a lot of brands now. There's Santeria on it. Your uh, uh, a lot of the, the the Arishas on the package, so you know where this is going. Come on now, you have to you have to have eyes to see. Your your eyes have to be. You have to see 2020 vision when you when you're doing these things. Um, so essential oils and all these these beautiful oils can help your skin, help your help your face. You know. Um, getting rest, eating healthy, you will look, you will naturally begin to be beautified. Um, in terms of wigs, it's a, it's, a tough, it's a tough one because some people wear wigs because their hair is not good at all. Some people cut, just cover their head in general. Some people's jobs require them, require them to you know, wear wigs, but... I would have to say that a wig is, is, is in general, I, I, I don't think that it's a, um, you know, because it's not you. You know, imagine you, you're about to, you meet a man and you, you know, and he like how you look and then you go home with him and, you know what I mean, you take off the wig and he, he's like, all right, I don't want you no more. You see, he would rather you be real from the start and, and fall in love with you from the start because this is how you really are. This is how you really look. 
who you are in secret is going to be brought forth before the person you marry or even who you are in secret. That's why we go in a secret place before Christ. That's how it's going to be before Christ. So it's a tough situation, but dressing provocative, overwhelmed with makeup and, um, you know, you know that, that's, that's a tough one when it comes to uh, the wig part. But if the wig is to be provocative, I would say no. I would say be, be very careful. Run. If you don't have a job that's requiring you to be, you know, no, we cannot compromise this. If a job is telling you to wear a certain thing, I would say that you would fast and pray and begin to, to ask the Lord to move you into something else, especially in this last hour. We're going to have to give up these type of worldly things because we're at the doors. Christ is about to come. So whatever we have to do. I know a lot of women of God who took off the... Right? They would take off their wigs and begin to cover their head. And they were not ashamed because they wanted to love Jesus. And a lot of them began to grow spiritually when they did that. So sometimes you got to crucify something in the flesh that you like to have and like to wear. Sometimes we're insecure, you know. God, God, God wants you to know he loves you. He loves us. Right? We're not ugly. Yes, present yourself unto God. Yes, present yourself. Um, be modest. Um, so that's my entire sum up. Nothing I said contradicted each other. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation because I actually know people who actually wear wigs. They wear wigs. They wear um, expensive hair and stuff like that. And some of them already have nice hair. I don't even know why they do that. You know, it has to be to be seen. There's no other way. If you have hair, leave your hair alone. <laughs> if you have hair, leave your hair alone. You know, some people actually need to wear something over their head, whether a head covering or some sort of some sort of hair, because of, of a you know skin condition or maybe something wrong is with with their scalp. That's another story. That's between them and God. It's not provocative. Amen. So that's my take on it. Right, that's my take on it. Um, I think all these things are in the Bible for us.
Look at this uh, quote. The church is to be virtually beauty parlor because they encourage women members to adorn themselves with good deeds. Women need to remember that in, if nature made them plain, grace can make them beautiful. And if nature has made them beautiful, good deeds can add to their beauty. The Bible warns us against idolatrous view of outward beauty and adornment while approving of the right use of them. So, there it is. In Jesus' name. My Holy Father, we pray, Father God, that you, Lord Jesus Christ, O oh God, would please, O oh God, make put these people in a position where they are not to the point, Father God, where they are not to the point where they provoke men, O oh God, that they will cover themselves and be modest, O oh God, even as the men should, Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to be balanced here, Father God. Help us, Father God. If people have jobs where they have to you know, they're wearing hair and they have makeup and all this stuff, Father God. Would you give them the opportunity to even find another job, to step into their calling that they have? Oh, Father God, would you give them the opportunity, Father God? If you have this job for them, Holy Spirit, then help them, Father God, to, to, uh, to just remember, Lord God, that they, that they don't have to be provocative in dressing, oh God. I, I, I know people who, are, who, who do makeup. I know people who have wigs. I know people who do these things, Father God. And... Um, we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you, Lord God, will grant them the ability to live holy and to, to be to, to that day, Lord God, will you know, be crucified from the world, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Father, we pray, Holy Father, you protect them from the spirit of Jezebel. Help them to be honorable, Father God. If you have to remove the makeup, you have to remove the wig, if you have to remove these things, that they won't be provocative, O oh God. Then, Lord God, please heal them and please give them strength. Please give them wisdom. Please give them revelation, O oh God, in their personal life and show them, Father God, what they should wear. Show them, Lord God, what they should wear in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give them wisdom. Give them wisdom, Lord God. Give me wisdom, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Obviously, Lord God, we know that someone just came to the faith. We know that they're going to need some discipline and nourishment and teaching of the word of God and begin to humble themselves, begin to crucify. We know this, Lord God. Help them to fear you. Put them in the fear of God, not to trust in beauty and, and all those other things. Oh, God, remove insecurities. Oh, God, we pray the fear of the Lord will come upon them, Lord God, who are without. We pray, Holy Spirit, Lord God, you continue to give revelation on this. Lord God, I know that the total sum of this is that people should dress provocative. People should be modest. People should not trust in just expensive clothing and expensive hair, 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 hair uh, things, oh, God. But we pray, Father God, if, if, if they, for some reason, need to wear a wig, oh, God, that you will help them to, to remain um, uh, modest, oh, God. Um, but from what I see, women of God who are holy, who are called to be intercessors and prophetess, they are totally modest. They begin to take away the makeup. They begin to take away the wig, and they are sold out to Jesus Christ. And Lord God, I pray if that is the case for the person who hears this, then please lead them and direct them. Don't, don't let them be confused. Give them a vision. Give them, um, help them to look at Jewish culture, how they dress, and uh, how to use that type of dressing in today's age to be an example to a generation that is full of wickedness and adulterous, adulterous generation that seduces men and destroys men. And, and is full of vanity. Holy Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, that you will show women of God to be adorned, to be holy, to be righteous, to be, to be modest, O oh God, and to love you with everything that they have, Father God. So that's where we stand. 
Amen. In Jesus' name. This is not to make you look like, you know, they call it old lady. <laughs> That's what they call it, you know, with the white hat and the all white. You know what I mean? It's just modest apparel, you know? You know, you, you even if you dress like that, you want people to see the character of Christ in you. You want people to feel the love of God around you. You want to be able to be a useful vessel, a valuable vessel, a valuable intercessor, a valuable uh, vessel of honor unto God. So that's where I stand with this in Jesus' name. Some woman of God, you know, is kind of questionable sometimes. They won't accept this. They won't accept this. We have eyes to see. So if someone walks by us sometimes, the flesh can wander. The flesh can can. The flesh is tempted easily, so we have to be careful. So, what do you think a man looks at in the world? Think, just think about what a man looks at, right? So we have to be careful with being, letting the enemy trans, uh, transfigure us and remold us and alter us, and letting sin also and to be seen of men. When we be seen of God, in Jesus' name, amen, in Jesus' name.